how do you get from from the Hugo Boss catwalk in New York City to the islands of the gods being, you know, this uh, super cool guy and coach, you know, and and talking about emotional intelligence, like what what has that journey been for you, for people that are, you know, a little bit more curious, curious about you as a person? I mean, personally, I, I joined, I got into emotional intelligence because I was terrible with my emotions, right? And it was because of my father. He didn't show emotions. He didn't know how to express love. And when I remember that I had a problem with love, it really got me clued on, like, I don't want to be like that with my children. Yeah. I don't want to have the same thing happen. And I realized that everything is patterns. And I started looking into self-development more. And the more I looked into it, the more I really understood that everything is to do with our thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Like we are, we react to things. We we're instinctual. Like we, you know, have certain DNA. It's like we go into fight or flight mode. Sometimes we didn't even know why we're doing it. It could, it could be part, it could be generational. You know, like people are like, I don't know why I act like this and I do the same thing and you get different results. And it's like, is there so many factors? So when I really wanted to, I dive deep into it is because one, my mother's a psychologist. So I started reading a lot of these books quite early and um, breaking down certain things. And one of the first books was Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it was because I was constantly like, I would take stuff personal, you know, and when people were, friends would cut, um, just like exclude me I would literally like cut them off and be like you can't do that and you know and cut people off and burn them and 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 then just be stoic about it and be like I'm fine like everything's good but I was numbing myself you know and that numbing was just a protection and I think the more I learned about that the more I was like wow that's just a pattern and after a while, you can't keep doing that. You're going to live a very lonely life. So why I got into emotional intelligence is because one, I felt like it's not spoken about enough and it is the key to your freedom. It is the key to expression. You know, so many of us have these emotions or feelings that come up on a consistent basis and we push them down and we do that through food, sex, alcohol, drugs, porn, anything to get that dopamine hit but not really feel it. And I think once we really befriend our emotions and are not afraid of them, we can actually just go, oh, I'm noticing I'm having this emotion and it moves. And I'm telling you, if I didn't do this work, like I'm thinking about this pandemic right now and so many people are like freaking out, like I can't do this, I can't do that. And in my head, like it, the thought does come up sometimes I wish this was over. I wish I could just go back to normal. And, da, 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 and and then I have to check in and be present with myself, you know? And as I be present with myself, that thought moves and I don't, I don't sit on that thought. Now, when I'm practicing and, and getting into this even in a deeper level, it really doesn't ever stop, Peter. It's a constant practice. And how I went from modeling to this is basically the modeling, like I took books with me everywhere I would journal. Like the modeling taught me so much about myself. Like I was shit scared of rejection. And then I went into an industry that was 90, 95% rejection yeah. and all image and what you look like mattered. And 
my biggest fear was rejection. And then I went, I went to the fear and, and I didn't just go to it. Like at the start, I waited a good two, three years before I jumped into the modeling game. Cause I asked, I got asked when I was 18 first and I said, no. And I said, no, because I was like, Oh, I, I don't know if I can do that. I was actually shit scared of rejection. Yeah. And a year later, someone else was like, Hey, I reckon you, you'd be really good. Da, da, da. Do you want to come and do join this agency? So I finally said yes. And I went to this agency to go get scouted and um, they said no. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. Right. And then three years later, again, somebody was like, Hey, uh, you know, and I was doing like fashion shows and stuff, but I wasn't with an agency. It was just like in a club or something. And I got asked again and I was like, no. Nah. And then my friend, I did a show with this guy who said, you know what, come and join my, my agency. It's really small. And I thought, wow, I'm going to get into an agency. I'm just going to go for it. So I went and she said, yes. And it was crazy. Cause I like totally different. Like the funny thing, talk about acceptance, right? I had curly hair. I have curly hair. My parents are South African and I remember when I first started modeling, when I first had my very first photo shoot, it was for a company called American Crew, which is like a hair product company. Yeah. And they chemically straightened my hair. And I don't even think I've shared this on a podcast, but I remember when I had my hair chemically straightened, I was like, yes, I'm going to make it. I look really good. Like when I look back at these pictures, I'm like, I'm cringing at the, the look of it. Like, it's like, I had like a, a mullet, you know, the sides were shaved on the side. It was like, maybe you can send one of those pics. I can share it to my, with my audience. They oh my God. Want to see that. <laughs> I, I've got to find it. It's in deep, deep, deep in the archives, but I literally <laughs> remember going, yeah, I look good. And I went to the agency with my chemically straightened hair and it was one of the biggest agencies in Melbourne, um, in Australia where I grew up and they were like, yeah, no, you're not right for us. And I was so, I was shitting myself so much. I couldn't even remember who I spoke to. Anyways, a year later, I get accepted to this other agency. My hair is back to normal. It's kind of curly, but I was still sometimes chemically straightening it, straightening it, or I had a straightener. I had a straightener, right? And I remember seeing my portfolio and it was like some with curly hair, some with straight hair. And I wasn't working yet. And then I decided to cut my hair shorter. And when I was going on a trip with my boys, like to Europe and I came back and my hair was short and I was like, oh, it actually really works. And that's when I started working. And it's so crazy because the modeling taught me about, it doesn't matter what you look like. Like it really doesn't. It, I, when I first started modeling, it was all about like, I was looking at who was doing well at the top of the industry and how do I, following their footsteps. What do I need to do? So I literally would like watch videos. I would look at magazines and I would copy movements. And eventually that's how that practice got me, got me more confident in doing that on a consistent basis. I would also read self-development books back then. Like I was 21 and I'm reading self-development books on how to connect, how to, how to have better people, people skills. Because I knew when I went into a casting, I had literally 10 seconds to make an impression and build a connection. So I started studying a long time ago, not knowing that this is where I was going to go, but understanding that if I can make them remember me out of 200 people and build a connection 
And when I work, I made sure that if every job I got, I was the easiest, most professional model they've worked with. And because I do that on a consistent basis, people would rehire me. They're like, you're really easy to work with. It would spread and eventually led to like me trying different markets. I was like, well, I'm doing really well in Melbourne now. I'm going to go to Hong Kong. Then Hong Kong did really well. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to LA. So it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to go to New York. It was step by step. And during that process, every single country was a different lesson for me. Just when I thought that I'm, I'm the shit and I've got my things together, guess what? I go to a place like LA and the recession hits in 2007. And all of a sudden I'm working three jobs and my car gets repossessed and I'm basically broke. I went from making a lot of money to going to a market that didn't really embrace my look because apparently I was too ambiguous and I wasn't black enough or I wasn't Hispanic. They were like, what are you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm Australian, but I'm South African. So it was one of those things where it just, you know, I went to LA, I got broken. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to New York and try New York. So I went to New York and started working better. And it's the next minute I'm doing New York fashion week. And it's, it's such a game of like the rejections make you and redirect you. And, and because I didn't take those rejections personally, and I kept staying true to myself and, and true to myself to the point where even in New York, like I just, I've been some with major models. Three years had been up. I'd been in uh, America three years and I just got a new contract and I was about to sign with them. And I ended up checking out Wilhelmina models, Wilhelmina in New York. And I got signed to them. They were doing my papers and everything. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to, I'm just going to go to India for like a couple of months. And then I went to India and I never returned. I went to India for two years and I was sitting in a Vipassana. For those of you guys that don't know what Vipassana is, it's a silent meditation. And I was sitting literally in Leila Dak, which looks like the Himalayas, like with a monk and like six other people and meditating eight hours a day, maybe eight to 10. And it was the most painful experience I've ever had. And I just kept on asking myself these questions, like, where do I want to go next? Do I want to keep doing this? And the answer came back clearly was, I don't want to go back to New York. And I ended up staying in, the, in India for two years and studying my coaching business. And I, was yoga, I studied yoga. I did my yoga teacher training and I really got into my connection with myself. And that's what India brought out of me was that I was striving for success. And it's funny, your podcast is, is success. It's, I'm going to go to America. I'm going to make it. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to be famous. And then I'm going to impact people. That, the dream was always to impact people. But I thought that I had to be famous before I had to do that. Yeah. And what I realized is that when I was in India, I was focusing on the wrong things. And India brought me back to simplicity and grateful a grateful attitude of what I have already because I saw people on the street that had nothing but were still smiling. And I was like, how can they be happy when they have nothing? And I felt like all of a sudden I was like, wow, what am I focusing on? And when you change your focus, if you start focusing on trying to have more and more and more and focus on what you do have, it changes your whole attitude. And then that changes your energy of what comes to you.